Be Rad podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's macadamia masterpiece, mind-blowing nut butter blend, now offered on Amazon. Chili technology, temperature-controlled mattress systems for a good night's sleep. InsideTracker.com, offering blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data all in one place. And Organifi, whole food organic superfood supplements and drink blends. And please visit the shopping page at bradkearns.com for my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance with great discounts for listeners. Here we go with the show. People mostly get into breathing exercises, breath work, to boost energy and then to deal with challenging emotions, be it like, you know, a breakup, a job loss, anxiety, financial security. When you are breathing quickly, you're breathing out too much carbon dioxide. If you don't have enough carbon dioxide, and you can, you can test this with a test called CO2 tolerance, your blood vessels both constrict and then also hold on to that oxygen. They don't want to give it up. Most people, as I mentioned, feel overwhelmed. They're checking their phone. When you're overwhelmed, you breathe through the mouth because your body believes it's in a stressful situation that it needs to be in, in fight or flight. Hey, listeners, get ready for a fascinating show on the hot topic of breathwork and how it can help you de-stress from our crazy, hectic modern life. And we're talking to a guy named Robbie Bent, who has been there and done that. And he shares an interesting rise and fall story of how he was a corporate hotshot making money and then lost everything and started to reevaluate his priorities and go deep into this world of alternative health practices. He's a big proponent of cold exposure, as well as breathwork, as well as sauna, uses acoustical therapy, visualizations, really cool cutting edge stuff. And he does a really nice job explaining the science behind breathing uh, in easy to understand terms. So I think you're going to like that. You're going to like the actionable tips and strategies that he gives, where you can start breathing properly right away. And what great timing, because this topic has uh, captivated me recently as I'm getting into the book Oxygen Advantage, very popular book. There's also other popular books out there. Of course, people are familiar with Wim Hof and uh, the growing interest in his techniques and strategies. But I was a little bit resistant over time to really go deep and understand uh, this modern fascination with uh, breathing practice, intentional breathing, breath work. I didn't really see a possible connection to improved athletic performance. Oh, my goodness. But once you you start uncovering uncovering the truth, the ways of our ancestral past that we've forgotten. And now we're heavy, panting, high-stress mouth breathers all the time. And it comes to our great detriment for long-term health risk as well as short-term peak performance and stress management. So Robbie is going to set us straight. And there is a bit of science in here. It moves pretty quickly at times. So I try to do some summary comments to keep you going along. And you might have to listen to it twice, but you'll get the basic idea here, especially when he describes four main ways that you can uh, dabble into the practice of breathing for health benefit with greatest emphasis on what he calls foundational breathing. That's the basic way to breathe all the time. And I'll give you a spoiler right now. It's breathe as minimally as possible through your nose only 
all the time, except for when you're talking, of course. And then as soon as you stop talking, like when I stop doing this intro, I'm going to resume calm, minimal breathing through my nose. And he references the book Oxygen Advantage, which I would definitely go get and understand just that basic insight will be life-changing. And we talk about the Bolt test and ways that you can measure your progress Ah, it's really fun. You're going to love this guy's energy and what he's doing at inwardbreathwork.com. It's the world's first resource for guided breathing classes on demand. You had a tough, stressful day, need to settle down, go over there. There's some free stuff too. Really great. And this show is free, so please enjoy it. And if you wouldn't mind spreading the word. Send your friends a little text. My cool podcast playing app Overcast allows me to push a button and create a clip right there in the show when I hear something cool and then text the clip over to anyone in my address book and say, hey, listen to this brief clip. Maybe you'll enjoy the entire show. And if your app doesn't do that, just take a screenshot with the timestamp and tell your friend, your loved one, your fellow biohacker to jump right to that time and get into this amazing insight that you just heard. And I appreciate you guys doing that to promote the Be Rad podcast. All right, here we go with Robbie. Robbie Bent, I'm so glad you could join me and all of us listening to learn about Inward. Oh my gosh, uh, the videos you shared with me and we're going to get into Sounds like you got some super cool stuff going. And if anyone's watching on YouTube, you have the number one coolest background of any Zoom conversation of all time. And you said that's your garage, just really casual. So this guy's garage, people, you might have to even go look at the YouTube video. We got we got everything there. We got the spirituality, the meditation. We got the cold plunge. We got the sauna. Take it away, man. Tell me what you're up to and how you got into this uh, amazing uh, progressive health scene. Yeah, it's been quite a quite a ride. I started my career in finance. I was really obsessed with like, you know, being successful, like making money, like having things, having people like me, like getting validation from others from, you know, grade one, grade two, all the way through to university. And I, I didn't think a lot about what I wanted to do. I just knew I, I want to be successful. I want to be respected. And I think it came from just a bit of a lack of, of self-love. And, you know, at the time, I obviously didn't really know that's what was happening, but went, went into finance, did that for a few years, hated it, transitioned into startups, built my first startup. Long story short, we can get into any of this in, in more detail, but my startup failed and I, you know, had to fire 100 employees. I lost $25 million. I uh, was living in my parents' basement, fully broke at, you know, 28, just... And I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I also, you know, for people listening, I struggled with uh, drugs, drugs and alcohol, uh, primarily cocaine. And, you know, that was um, something I'm happy to talk about now. Um, and from that point of, of just like really being down and thinking like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got really into meditation and, and psychedelic medicines. And one kind of came first. I, I did a Vipassana retreat, which we can chat about. And those two things completely changed my life. I've been sober for five and a half years now. And ever since those practices, things just improved day by day. So I met my fiance. I fell like in complete love. She taught me. She's a registered dietitian. She's amazing. She taught me about like hot and cold practices and breath work, got me into Wim Hof and bathhouses, which 
really provided the power for me to stay sober all this time and like feel normal and feel inspired and be in community. And then, you know, together we moved to San Francisco and I joined Ethereum early on. And, you know, just through no real skill of my own, but a lot of luck that exploded. And Ethereum ecosystem has grown. All of a sudden I had people working for me. I was doing well financially and I had these powerful practices. I was sober. And so, you know, my life from rock bottom over a period of like two to four years really, really changed. And that change started to inspire me to help others do the same thing. I thought like, hey, okay, if I'm meditating daily and I'm using the psychedelic medicines and it's done this, how do I teach this to more people? And that sort of started my journey, you know, on the health path and into building the products that we're going to talk about today. So you've proved something really important, man, which is you can be uh, successful, handle financial abundance without having that uh, I would characterize it as the unhealthy drive to prove yourself, prove yourself, and you describe it as a lack of self-love. That was the, uh, you know, the, the causal um, factor of you know just going and, and pushing and driving. And so then you kind of um, stumbled into uh, chapter two, uh, success uh, with a much better mindset. That's really cool. Yeah, and chapter two was interesting because, you know, even the first startup was like, how do I make money fast? Then chapter two was like, okay, I feel really good about myself. I'm sober. I want to be around good people. They're inspiring. And that was crypto. Like people are great. They're, and I was in it before the prices were like crazy. And so it was mostly people who are like really solid researchers, very interested in the tech and people who are really ideologically bought into decentralization. And so uh, I just was like, wow, this passion, like that was something I hadn't followed before. And that turned out really well. And then about four years into that, I started on the, these products at Inward. And these, me personally, I'm not an engineer. And so I feel real connection to breathwork, ice baths, saunas, meditation, because that's my personal journey and what helped me. And so when I can teach other people and see it in their face... Now it even went from like choosing to be around good people to being around a product that I feel connected to. And it was tough to leave Ethereum when everything was exploding. But like this year, you know, I had a woman call me who couldn't leave her house during COVID. And after using our breathwork style for, you know, two months, she could, she couldn't even open the door to accept a package. And now she's like back in life. And I had a friend who has been sober for almost two years, be, like call me on Christmas and like, hey man, it's because of you. And what you guys are doing and like nobody had ever said that kind of stuff. So I followed and don't get me wrong. I still have the like, I want to build a big business. And I want to be successful. It's still there. Like that's, that's my work. But I try to lead now with the heart and try to have more of those feelings of, you know, I'm in the sauna. I'm playing a sound bowl. I got a silly hat on. I'm singing. <laughs> like You're making people happy. So it's, it's been an interesting journey. Do you see a trend in that direction where there's more figures such as yourself who are, you know, heart centered and, and high minded rather than our classic uh, representation of the, uh, the success, the, the wealthy, where they're, they're just driven by money and consumption and excess. And a lot of people form a negative opinion about that when they're, uh, you know, living uh, in, in normal, uh, you know, hand to mouth style. Uh, but it seems like, there's some more awakening where people are uh, being in service and then also able to be abundant? That's a great question. And I think that, 
yeah, there's still, you know, I think there's still people have the desire to prove themselves and to be safe. And like, those are very difficult things. Like we equate, like even, you know, the American dream is like, I'm, I'm wealthy. And that's what I, I think, unfortunately, there's still so much in your face on like social media around what it means to be happy or what you perceive to be happy. And it's not what actually makes you happy. And so what I've seen with my friends, not necessarily they're willing to, you know, go and like lead from a heart-based space. I think that's like really challenging. What I'm seeing though, is that they're breaking down and the person between 30 to 40, you know, like average person now, 90% of people struggling financially, overwhelmed with like notifications and newsletters and podcasts and like emails and no off time and their phone and their family. And you're like, Hey, and then COVID and you're like, Hey, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm not feeling good. And so I would say there's a lot of people who are now not feeling good and wanting to feel better. And that's, what's like really exciting. It's like, okay. How do you help these people feel better? Yeah, well said. It, it does seem, I mean, for a good slice of the population, the economy is great, right? The, the, the stock market and the, the technology sector is, is going crazy and seems like there's more affluence in uh, cities and towns across America. Uh, but I also feel like there's some, you know, some glitch here where there are also uh, people who are, you know, maybe financially stable, even in your age group that you just referenced. Uh, they're now able to search for something deeper because they're not worried about their car that's breaking down on the side of the road and where they're going to get the money to fix the car. Now they can kind of click on a link to an ice bath uh, uh, tutorial and uh, pursue things that have that, that might give their life some more meaning or balance. Yeah, totally, totally agree, which is, you know, a huge, huge privilege to one, like have time you know, and have the security even focus on, you know, it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And like the top is like, you know, kind of self, uh, self-improvement, let's say for, I forget the exact term, but it's just the ability to even focus on like meditation and mm. exercise and eating healthy. Like, yeah, it's unfortunately in society, these things require, uh, money and it's sad, right? How do you make these things more accessible? Which, which is exciting too, is like, you know, some of the meditation that apps that are out, like Sam Harris, for example, it's free, right? Um, so I, I do, I, you know, I totally resonate with that, with that comment. Yeah, I think there's a lot of valid excuses, right? And so we kind of have to back into this, um, you know, this quest for a more meaningful life because we can get bogged down with too many messages, emails, uh, financial pressures, things that inhibit us from going to the $8,000 personal growth retreat in the mountains. But uh, then when you realize, uh, I love Dan Millman, uh, the, the longtime new age author, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And he says, if you don't think you uh, can meditate, just have someone uh, throw some car keys at you and you catch them in midair and you just meditated because all you were thinking about when that key was coming towards your face was reaching out and grabbing it. And so we have an opportunity to, to explore meditation in everyday life, like you say, for free, whether you uh, get the app or not, or go on the, the fancy retreat. Uh, books are still not expensive and neither are free videos and podcasts. So uh, it's all there for the taking. And it seems like you've really zeroed in on, uh, I guess, breathing and cold exposure are two of your main ones, which um, are of great interest to me. And I think it would be great to, to get in deeper, especially with the breathing aspect, because Personally, uh, you know, I've been hit with this 
crazy wild Wim Hof stuff. And he dives under the, the frozen lake and uh, just swims and, and, you know, climbs up Mount Everest with shorts and, and sneakers. And I think a large percentage of us kind of check out and just uh, marvel at that as something amazing, but don't make the connection to where maybe getting a little bit dabbling into the, the practice of uh, intentional breathing can help our own daily life. So uh, yeah, let's, let's go from the, the basics here and talk about how it can be relevant to, to all of us trying to relieve stress and also improve athletic performance and things like that. Totally. And, and if you think of breathing exercises slash breath work, which, you know, Wim Hof's style is one type, you can think of them like exercise. So within exercise, you have weightlifting, you have walking, you have running, you have high intensity training. And so you really need to think about reframe how you're thinking about breathing and think of what type of benefits are you looking for? And so I'm just going to quickly go over some of the things you can expect with better breathing. And then we can like really dive into what, whatever uh, you find most interesting. And so the first one that we see as sort of most powerful is this like hyperventilation, superventilation, breathing in more than you're uh, exhaling. And so this is, you know, Wim Hof style. This is holotropic breathing, which is three hours of breath that can lead to these psychedelic light experiences, transformational breathing. Uh, and this style of breathing can be very good. You can think of your nervous system with two sides. One is like the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight you may have heard of, and it's like the gas pedal. And so, you know, you have a bit of fear, you're stressed, you start breathing in your chest, you turn on the fight or flight. And this is really great for increasing alertness, sending blood flow to the brain and muscles, and you're, you're ready. Now, the problem with our society is we're so overstimulated, we're in fight or flight all the time, meaning we're not getting enough blood flow to uh, the organs, you know, which can cause disease and, and a whole bunch of issues. Now, the other side of the nervous system is the parasympathetic, the rest and digest. I'm relaxed. I'm producing serotonin and oxytocin. Uh, there's blood flow to my organs. I'm salivating. My sex drive's increasing. I'm relaxed. And this is the state for human beings that we were in, you know, let's say even 20 years ago, most of the time. And it's become difficult now because we're always on our phones and your brain doesn't know the difference between real stress and perceived stress. So you, you know, you look down, you check a Slack message, you're late for a meeting, bam, you're in fight or flight, you're breathing from your chest. Uh, and that impacts your, your breathing patterns. And so the first one is Wim Hof style is doing a couple of things. Okay. And so, you know, you're stimulating the fight or flight system, like I mentioned. And so we love doing that one in the morning for energy. So you can think of it as a coffee replacement uh, or, you know, in, in the afternoon for the same thing. And we find people feel really energized after about 10 minutes of that style of breathing because you're turning on the fight or flight. Now, when you push that to the max, like in holotropic breathing, or, you know, maybe you've done Wim Hof for 30 minutes, what starts to happen, you're breathing out so much carbon dioxide, the arteries actually constrict by up to 50%. And the blood vessels hold on to oxygen. So they're, very, they're much less likely to deliver that oxygen to the brain. And we can get into that as something called CO2 tolerance. But so this Wim Hof or superventilation style actually shuts down the oxygen flow to the brain. And so every minute you have a bottle of wine worth of blood flowing through the brain. And so using this style, you're shutting down the thinking mind, the part of your mind creating worry, identity, stress, you're sending signals to the limbic system also of distress and some crazy things start to happen as a result of that shutdown due to lack of oxygen. Emotions, very strong emotions come up and are processed. And so we've seen 
people mostly get into breathing exercises, breath work to boost energy and then to deal with challenging emotions, be it like, you know, a breakup, a job loss, anxiety, financial security, even just like somebody said something to me, you know, at work that kind of pissed me off or like made me feel judged. And so it's a very, very strong way to deal with emotions. And so that's kind of what we're seeing as the hook for people. And they try this 20 or 30 minute session with great music and they have this emotional experience. Their mind for the first time is shut down. So that's a really powerful uh, initial benefit. Happy to stop there for a moment. Uh, so that is through a deliberate and guided session where you have to have some expertise or some close guidance to know what you're doing. It's not just something you do as a folly uh, because you want to create this disparity between oxygen and CO2. Yeah, let's throw in a little science before you go to the, the, the other styles and, and trends. Um, so when we're, when we're taking in excess oxygen through uh, aggressive uh, hyperventilation, um, what's happening to the gas exchange in the body? Definitely. And so there's actually a misconception you might hear of like, oh, take in a big breath to relax, right? <laughs> and the fact of the matter is the blood is always 95 to 99% saturated with oxygen. So think of a glass that's already full. When you're taking in a deep breath, unless you're exercising, you're just pouring water into a full glass. So what do we really <laughs> want to do? We want to increase the amount of carbon dioxide we have in the body. And I'll, I'll give a little metaphor to kind of explain this, but Oxygen comes into the lungs, into the bottom of the lungs, in the alveoli of the lungs. Think of these red blood cells like little cruise ships. Each red blood cell in the hemoglobin of the red blood cell is picking up the oxygen from the lungs. And this cruise ship is now sailing through your body, delivering that oxygen. Now, if you have a lot of CO2 in the body, the cruise ship door opens super easily. So the oxygen that wants to get out and you know, the heart, the brain, every cell in the body, it happens super easily. Now, when you are breathing quickly, you're breathing out too much carbon dioxide. And this can happen for a number of reasons, which we'll go into in a minute. But if you don't have enough carbon dioxide, and you can, you can test this with a test called CO2 tolerance, your blood vessels both constrict and then also hold on to that oxygen. They don't want to give it up. And so the reality is you actually don't want to be breathing more you want to be holding your breath and breathing less to increase that CO2 tolerance. And another really interesting fact on that, your brain has, think of it like a thermostat. It's called a chemoreceptor. It's measuring your blood oxygen and CO2 levels. And so when your CO2 levels hit a certain amount, your body's saying like, hey, breathe, exhale, exhale. And so that thermostat changes over time. So one of the first things we're telling people when they want to improve their foundational breathing is to test their CO2 tolerance and try to work through that. Uh, so this is like the bolt test I'm familiar with and I've been trying lately and it's pretty mind-blowing how poor your starting point is. And then with a little bit of practice, you can tolerate more CO2. Is the recommended test what I'm familiar with where you exhale and then hold your breath while it's, while it's exhaled? Exactly. So it's, and it, it ranges depending on the time of day and what you've been doing. So it's great to test in the morning. First thing when you wake up, uh, one inhale through the nose, one exhale, hold on empty. And then you're not going to hold like as long as you can. It's not a battle of willpower and strength. You hold until the diaphragm contracts. So when your diaphragm contracts, that's, that's like an average score. And if you know, you're 20 seconds 
or shorter, it's indication that there's a lot of potential for you to improve. And so if you're struggling with sleep, struggling with anxiety, you may not be absorbing uh, oxygen efficiently in the blood and organs. And so this is like the first thing we'll have people do is do this bolt test, which we learned from Patrick McKeon, The Oxygen Advantage, amazing book that goes really in depth into the science around like performance and, and health. Um, so that one is great. And if you know, if you're at 40 seconds, bowl score, that's fantastic. That's really good. And surprisingly, a lot of times athletes actually have really low bolt scores because they're over breathing through continuous exercise. Uh, so when you describe when the diaphragm contracts uh, as, a, as a beginner, could that be uh, also described as when you feel like a a pretty significant urge to breathe. Like we're not trying to be macho Superman here and stare at the stopwatch till you pass out, but just notice that point of uh, discomfort kicking in, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like, hey, I'm, I feel like I need to take a breath. And like, sure, maybe you could push it to like complete discomfort, 10 extra seconds. That's not the point. You're just competing with yourself and like testing your own score. And it's just an indication of, can you improve or not? So you don't need to yeah, like be this macho guy, just like, hey, you feel like you need to breathe? Okay, that's mm. that's the end. Right, and you're not doing anything crazy. You're taking a regular breath in, a regular breath out. You're not doing super uh, ventilation or anything for this particular No, because test. when you... Yeah, exactly. Because when you're breathing quickly, as I mentioned, you're actually expelling a lot of CO2. And so that uh, sensor in the brain is measuring and your, your CO2 levels are so low, it takes a while to come back. So what you'll find is the more super ventilation you do, the faster breathing, the longer you can hold your breath because your CO2 levels are so depleted. And so you, you want to measure just completely normal right out of bed. And, uh, a decent score or something to strive for is 20 seconds. Tell me about what a really extreme practitioner can get to comfortably. And then also, uh, I believe like a, someone on their deathbed is not going to make it five seconds without having to breathe. So we're, we're going to look in that range here. Yeah. So I'd say 20 seconds is like you need, that's the minimum baseline. Like Oof. if you're under 20 seconds, you there's work you can do. Uh, it's just an indication that like I might be feeling poorly because my breathing habits are off. And so... Most people know, okay, I should eat healthy. They know I should move and exercise. They know I should sleep well, but people don't check their breathing. And it could be that because of overstimulation, poor breathing patterns, mouth breathing, that your breathing is actually completely off. And as a result, that's why you don't have energy. That's why you're not sleeping well. So I think it's just a good sign of like, it's like a, it's like a guidepost saying, okay, I should focus here and do breathing exercises. And so if you're under 20 seconds, that's the baseline. I'd say if you're over 40, like you're, you're good. You're breathing well. You're like kind of elite. And so 40 is like the goal for everyone to actually get up to over time. And then that indicates like you don't really need to worry about your breathing patterns for foundational breathing. And again, this is 40 seconds, people, from regular inhale, regular exhale, and then pinch your nostrils so you don't inadvertently take, take little breaths uh, and hold that comfortably for 40 seconds. That, that's pretty badass, man. That's it, it feels daunting as a new practitioner where I was, uh, I've, I've improved a lot in a very short time, but I was below 20 seconds to where I, I felt the urge to breathe pretty strongly. And um, I, I can see that it's going to take some work, but I like how the, um, 
the work is described in the oxygen advantage, so simple for everyone. And um, the, the suggestion is just to breathe as minimally as possible through your nose at all times. It's like, that's it? Yeah, that's it. Instead of these, uh, like you described, the, the misconception that taking a deep breath is going to be the way to relaxation. But I know there's some, some advanced practices that involve uh, different types of breathing and patterns. And, uh, but I want to get that, that basic established. So um, just starting from the time we're listening to this podcast and, and moving on with our lives, our first takeaway is going to be breathing through the nose uh, in, in a very relaxed manner at all times. A hundred percent. Like, so let's, let's go back to the benefits and we'll just start, you know, we were talking a bit about the Wim Hof and, and the idea of increasing energy and also processing emotions, but most importantly is how you're breathing all the time. And so that's slow through the nose, the lower lungs, that's where the nerves that turn on the parasympathetic system are, right? So the more you breathe into the lower lungs, the better gas exchange, more efficient, and the more you're telling your body hey, I should be relaxed, right? And so even as you said, simple breathing through the nose, slow, couple breath holds during the day. So the oxygen advantage technique is to hold your breath, go for a walk, hold your breath and count your steps while you're holding your breath and see how many you can do. And, and you should hold until you can simply breathe back in. If you're gasping, it's, it's not a good sign. You want to breathe comfortably through the nose again. And so, you know, you do that three, four times a day. That's all you need. And so with that style plus mouth taping, Plus the other thing I'll show you, this is from Anders Olsen, who was a partner of James Nestor in his recent book, Breathe, uh, for people who haven't read it. Amazing book around a lot of the science behind breathing also, and like some really good stories. But this tool is a plastic soother you can put in your mouth while you're working. And so what happens generally is something called email apnea. And that's like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a serious, it's your- It's a real it's thing, in, people. You're in, and the National Institute of Health has done studies on this. It's a, it's a pretty big problem. What happens, you're at your desk all day, seven hours a day, looking at emails, focusing. You stop breathing or you start breathing through your chest very quickly. And so having a simple plastic tool like this for an hour a day for me, uh, it's very similar to meditation. It's nice. It just makes sure when I'm breathing out, there's some resistance there. And so the first thing, you know, from a foundational health standpoint, if that's what you're interested in, testing your bolt score using breath holds and slow nose breathing, and then mouth tape at night, um, and then some type of like relaxator. And so, you know, stop there, but we could also get into like, why are people mouth breathing and like what changes have happened in society, if you'd find that interesting? For sure. Yeah. Next step uh, for now, just to clarify. So the mouth taping is to physically tape your mouth shut with special tape uh, so that you facilitate nose breathing at night when you're not aware. And then I have a, um, a backup question, which is we're, we're told to breathe through the nose to emphasize uh, accessing the lower lobes of the lungs where all the oxygen is, where all the blood is to, to make a better exchange of oxygen, carbon dioxide. But um, is, it, is there, could you describe the mechanism why nose breathing stimulates parasympathetic in other words, could we breathe poorly through our nose somehow? And could we actually breathe through our mouth to the extent that we're achieving the, the goal of using the diaphragm in the lower lungs? Yeah, so there's a lot there. So the, the nose itself... <laughs> That's my specialty, it, man. It put you, <laughs> it put, put you in uh, shooting stars in every direction. Yeah, so the nose, firstly, like why it's so powerful. It's not 
it's it's it adds resistance to your breath. You can think of it like a like so one you're breathing less, right? We always want to breathe as little as possible because we want to be increasing our our CO two tolerance, and so uh, the nose adds resistance. So when you're breathing through the mouth, think of the nose like a little keyhole and the mouth like a giant driveway. Like you're taking in uh, excess of what you need. Mm. Now the nose also acts as a humidifier, so it warms the air. It's, it takes out any like pathogens, bacteria. So it reduces your chance of sickness. It's like amazing. You're fil- Think of it like a Brita filter. The air is going through to get into your lungs. Uh, it also holds nitric oxide. So they've done tests. When you breathe in through the nose, you increase the nitric oxide in the blood by six times. And so nitric oxide is a vasodilator. It's like um, boost the immune system. It allows, it improves your circulation because of the vasodilation. So it helps with like sex drive. It's just like an amazing molecule. So when you're breathing through your nose, you're accessing the nitric oxide, the humidifier, the resistance, less oxygen directly into the lungs. So when you're breathing through your mouth, you're missing out on all of that. And they've done some pretty interesting studies on, uh, cross-country skiers and cross-country skiers because it's cold mm-hmm. uh, when they're going they can damage the lungs and like find massive inflammation in their lung because they're breathing through their mouths because when you're exercising at that pace it's very difficult to breathe through your nose and so they found massive inflammation so you're just thinking you know when you're breathing through the mouth there's no filtration there the temperature of the air is off you're not breathing deep into the lungs for the most part usually breathing into the chest so for for all those reasons Nasal breathing, amazing. Uh, now, if I go and get my Breathe Right strip, which I was uh, want to use at night frequently, is that going to compromise anything? Uh, or is that an allowable tool to um, kind of open the nostrils a little more and make nose breathing easier? So that one I'm going to have to defer. I don't have as much experience like usually i like to just give advice on stuff i've personally tried and so i've tried like every kind of mouth tape and but the, mm. the breathe right strips i haven't tried i have my fiance's dad is using them and quite likes them but i don't know the the research uh my gut would say it's it's completely fine you're opening the nose improving your ability uh you know to to breathe through the nasal passage Hey folks, how about a non-drinker telling you what kind of alcohol you should drink? That's right, it's pseudo-sommelier Brad Kearns here to recommend dry farm wines. Why? Because if you choose to drink, I want you to be healthy and make a superior choice to the mainstream commercial wines. Listen to my podcast with Dry Farm Wines founder Todd White. The insights were astonishing, especially that most all commercial wines are loaded with dozens of chemicals that the FDA allows in your wine, but don't have to be listed on the label. And the sugar, oh my goodness, the sugar levels can be as much or more per liter than Coca-Cola, but difficult to taste due to the acidity in the wine. Dry Farm Wines is a membership club where you're shipped hand-picked wines from old-world family-run vineyards in France, Italy, Greece, and Sicily. These wines come from non-irrigated vineyards hundreds of years old that deliver a tastier, higher antioxidant grape, and they're independent lab certified to be completely free from chemical additives and naturally 100% sugar-free. 
That's right. The sugar was allowed to ferment out instead of be arrested by chemical intervention in the name of pleasing the average consumer palate that has a sweet tooth. The Dry Farm Wines Club has taken off like crazy because ancestral and keto enthusiasts, people who care about their health, appreciate a sugar-free wine. You'll enjoy the variety, the taste, and the pleasant sensation in the aftermath of burning through the alcohol buzz and going on with your life without a hangover. So if you care about your carb intake and your overall health, Dry Farm Wines has a special promotion for podcast listeners. Get your first bottle for a penny when you enroll at dryfarmwines.com slash brad or click on the Dry Farm Wines at the bradkerns.com shopping page. Cheers. It's still being filtered. It's still got the nitric oxide going, going through the passageway. And it seems like as we as we get through all the the checkpoints that the mouth is really for eating and that's it right or, or extreme need for oxygen such as in very high intensity athletic output um like the cross country skiers going for the finish line or what have you yeah exactly and uh, then one one other thing if you're worried about like how much oxygen i'm taking through the nose like from the nose to the lungs there's basically 1500 miles of Really? That's a lot uh, of, of, of breathing pathways, which is like New York to Florida. So, you know, the, the, and these are quotes from James Nestor's book, which again, amazing, but taking a billiard ball uh, and putting it into the nasal cavity, that's about the size of your entire nasal cavity. So there's, there's, a, there's a huge system there. So I wouldn't be too worried about like if the nasal passageways are stretched so slightly. So somehow we've landed here in modern life with a propensity to breathe shallowly through the mouth, activate the sympathetic or, or have the sympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system dominate rather than the desirable state of being in parasympathetic dominance with nose breathing. And you were going to talk about the whys and uh, the, the, the negative aspects and how we can turn this thing around. Yeah. And again, this is why the bolt score is such a good guidepost because what we're finding in our community and through reading a lot of these books and, you know, listening to the podcast is many, many people are struggling. Asthma's up four times and there's a few things that have changed. So one is just excess stimulation. And so cell phones didn't exist 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And as a result, most people, as I mentioned, feel overwhelmed. They're checking their phone. When you're overwhelmed, you breathe through the mouth because your body believes it's in a stressful situation that it needs to be in, in fight or flight. So that's that's one. And this personally affects me. You know, I'm looking at Twitter. I'm looking at, uh, which is like a bad habit, but I was trying to get news about vaccines for physical space. And then, you know, I can't go see friends. So I'm online looking at things and I just noticed it's like tension building up. So that's one, one major change. And same as if you're staring at a computer all day, you're just continuously stimulated. And if you think of how humans evolved, like, you know, 200 years ago, mm. we we're bored most of the time. We're relaxing, <laughs> you know, or working or doing, there's not this continuous stimulation. So that's one. Two is the types of food have changed significantly. Super interesting prior to the introduction of like, let's call westernized food. So like white rice and, and things like that. There were no examples of crooked teeth. So you go back hundreds of years and the jaws now in only four generations have become so malformed. They're not growing because of two reasons. So one, we're not chewing enough. And it's, you know, before the food we would eat, we would be chewing so much to digest 
that it causes the jaw to grow. And the jaw, the maxilla, it's like a plastic membrane-style bone can actually grow into your, your 70s, so it's not too late. But because people aren't chewing and eating these acidic-forming foods, their jaws are becoming malformed. Uh, and as a result, the nasal cavity doesn't have enough room. And so people tend to then breathe through their mouths because their noses are, are plugged, which is insane that in only that many generations due to food, there's that big of a change in like our jaw structure that like people have crooked teeth. And so James went to, you know, a number of cultures and they, they showed old skulls and like all of them perfect teeth, crazy. Um, so that, that's, that's one that's just like wild. The next is acidic forming foods. So you're eating, you know, uh, anything that is, is acidic forming, which is processed sugars, fast food, trans fats, uh, vegetable oils that are causing inflammation. All of these things, you have a pH level in your body. All of these things are forming acidic food or bringing your pH level, making it more acidic. And so your body to adapt starts to blow out more carbon dioxide to restore the level to make it more alkaline. And so as a result of doing that over and over, that chemoreceptor I mentioned in your brain changes the amount of carbon dioxide should be in your body. You know, we're breathing through our mouths now because we're not chewing enough. We're eating bad food and we're overstimulated. And as a result, completely changes our breathing patterns. And as we said, when the breathing patterns change, we're not getting enough oxygen into the organs, into the brain. So are we, are we both taking in too much oxygen with these wide open mouth, uh, excess breathing and expelling too much carbon dioxide? Yeah, and so the body itself, when you you can think of it, it always has excess oxygen. So even when you're breathing normal, a lot of the oxygen stays in your lungs. So you're generally on a single breath, only absorbing like 25 to 50 percent of that oxygen, anyways. So it doesn't it's okay that you're like breathing in too much. The problem is we're breathing out too much carbon dioxide. Mm. And so to work on that aspect of the of the goal, um, if we minimize our breathing, for example, by using the nose. Uh, we're not going to have these giant exhales. I think a sigh is a classic example of exhaling too much carbon dioxide due to sympathetic uh, being in kind of a fight or flight situation. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, sighs, yawns. I, I would say that stuff, if you're just listening and you want to improve this, like just focus <laughs> on nasal breathing most of the time, using some type of tool in front of your computer, taping your mouth at night and doing some type of breath holds whether it's like during a walk or you want to use some kind of guided, you can do a guided app. There's a, there's a bunch, but um, that is, is kind of, if you, if you hit those things, your breathing will improve relatively rapidly. Uh, one other thing I've noted just personally is if like I eat the Uber Eats late at night, you know, <laughs> like a pizza order at 10 PM, like bam, respiration rate on my aura ring, like, just tanks. And it's because I'm eating these styles of acidic foods late at night. And so I think that's an important one also. Respiration rate goes down when you goes engage up. in a poor health practice. How, how does that work? It goes up and then I'm breathing faster. It goes up. Yeah. And so you want to, if you're using like an aura ring, you can yeah. check your respiration rate. And so, you know, 14 really, really, this is genetics also, but like 14, really solid, like 18 plus. Not per great. minute, you're saying? Is this yes. breath per minute? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, the standard recommended while you're awake is like the perfect is six breaths per minute. It's called mm. coherent breathing, which we can get into. But, um, you know, you check your ring and it's probably around like 12, 14. And that's really good. When it's 18, 
it's high. And I notice myself, you know, uh, I've noticed one with my fiance drinks, respiration rate goes up. But if I'm eating poor foods, I'm mouth breathing because I'm setting the uh, alkalinity, like the pH level of my body, breathing out too much CO2. So that's one that can have an impact as well. Oh, so tanks means your score gets worse yeah, because yeah, yeah, your yeah, breathing yeah. rate is increasing. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you suck, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. The, the tank is associated with sucking at breathing. Okay, yeah, too much breathing. Okay, so you mentioned, I think you were going to go and do a few uh, different general practices and you mentioned the superventilation as the first one and then you're going to throw in some other stuff. Yeah, so I think you know you have that foundational breathing and improving that, and that's a really good thing to okay, to track. Foundational breathing, yeah, with, and that's uh, breathing through your nose, breathing lightly. Okay, exactly, and that's based on the Buteyko method. If people are interested, the Oxygen Advantage is sort of the best in class resource uh, around that stuff. Anders Olsen is amazing. He wrote something called Conscious Breathing, which is amazing as well. Uh, and then you kind of move into a, a few of uh, the other reasons you may use breath work. And so the superventilation, the Wim Hof, as we mentioned, it's to boost energy. And so two to three rounds of superventilation, breath of fire, Wim Hof. Uh, and for those listening that don't know what that is, Wim Hof is generally, let's call it 30 full breaths in and out and then a breath hold and doing that like three or four times. And what you're doing is, is dropping the blood oxygen level pretty significantly, dropping the CO2 pretty significantly. And as a result, you're creating a fight or flight response, which is like, boom, boosts your energy. Right. And we talk about fight or flight uh, in, in negative context so frequently, but what we're really talking about is the prolonged overstimulation or the, or the predomination of fight or flight, which is designed to be a very brief life or death response by the body against a, a challenge such as lining up in the starting box for the 100 uh, meter dash or going in the cold plunge, in the cold plunge for a few minutes or doing a few rounds of Wim Hof breathing. Uh, so in those examples, this is a desirable brief stimulation of the fight or flight response to get all these wonderful adaptive hormones, mood elevating hormones. But then because you stop and return to normal breathing or get out of the ice tub or you finish with your uh, hard set during uh, your, your CrossFit workout or whatever, um, you're getting all the benefits without breaking yourself down. Uh, so that's kind of why we're not going to be hyperventilating all day because uh, this this breathing practice is so cool. Yeah, exactly. And then they've also seen it as a, you know, I mentioned the longer practice being able to process emotions. And so mm. there's this thing called the somatic completion theory, which is the idea that we hold a lot of trauma and stress in the body. And for people who have PTSD, uh, they actually struggle to regulate their nervous systems. And so for small stresses, they really go into fight or flight. Sometimes they're like really in parasympathetic. And so what they've found for autoimmune disease using this style of like Wim Hof breath where holotropic breath where people are able to reset their nervous system response, which is super, super powerful and pretty, pretty mind blowing. So, you know, you're kind of using acute stress in a short period of time to reset the nervous system response, which is like, yeah, it's amazing. Love it. Okay. So we have the, uh, guided, uh, distinct practice of hyperventilatory, superventilatory breathing to achieve a health outcome. We have the foundation well-described as the foundational way to breathe as a human. And um, what else would we mention in this context? Yeah, I think there's two other main ones. So we, we've mentioned the ways to like sort of, you know, breathe properly and then the ways to ramp up. Now there's also how do I ramp down? Mm. 
And so this is where we get really, really interesting, right? There's something called the perfect breath. And so it's, there's a few terms, resonance breathing, coherent breathing, it's breathing in tune between your rate of breath and your heart rate. And so this actually has been shown with a lot of research to improve your heart rate variability. So it's the gap in between your, your heartbeats and the higher your heart rate variability, the tighter your nervous system, the better your body responds to stress. And this is something that can actually be trained through breath work. And so if you are using, you know, an aura ring and you're like, why is my HRV always shit? I'm so healthy. You know, with 20 minutes of coherent or resonance breathing per day, you can significantly increase your, your heart rate variability. And what you're doing, there's something called your barrow reflex. And so it's your body's uh, ability. It's like your, your blood pressure. And so it's in the arterial lining and in your heart. And when you breathe, it's like, think of it as like the break. It's like when you're, fight or flight starting, your body's ability to quickly break. And so that barrel reflex can be strengthened through coherent breathing. So the more coherent breathing you do, the stronger your body's parasympathetic break gets, the more time you can spend in parasympathetic mode. And so that is like, you know, if you really want mental well-being, feelings of gratitude, improved heart rate variability, better ability to deal with stress, this style of coherent breathing is fantastic and it, it varies per person. So you can use the Polar app and Polar chest strap, any heart rate variability monitor and like the Elite HRV app and actually test. There's a bunch of stuff on YouTube about how to do this, but you can find your personal resonance breathing. And for some people, it's five breaths a minute, some it's seven. And when you're breathing at that pace, this is how heart math works uh, as well, which is a pretty cool product. And so finding that. And then what we like to do, I just put on music that I like while I'm cooking. And I have heart, I have in the background breathing at my resonant pace. So there's sounds like, <sighs> so I'm just cooking to like jazzy music or maybe going for a walk. I'm doing something because it's, it's hard for people to find 20 minutes, you know, to sit down and focus on breathing. So I found it's really helpful to have the proper cadence playing in the background where you can sort of do other things. So that, that's a pretty powerful one also. So you discover your personal cadence uh, that's somehow related to your heart rate, but it's not, you're not breathing 60 beats a minute when your heart's beating at 60. So what is that association between heart rate and the, um, the, the resonant breath? So the resonant breath is the length of breath that optimizes the heart rate variability. And so they just call it breathing in coherence. And, mm -hmm. and what it means breathing in coherence, you're strengthening that barrel reflex, this breaking mechanism, basically. And so when you're breathing in coherence, your heart, the signals it's sending through the vagus nerve to the brain are much tighter, much less scrambled. So that's why you want to have like a high heart rate variability. Um, and is it a certain count that you're using? Or how do you learn to be in resonant breathing? Or yeah, so there's into a, there's that when you need it? So on average, you can start with just like the average one is six in, six out, mm. or five in, five out. So five in, five out is six breaths a minute. And, and this is why in, in James Nestor's book, they often talk about chants and traditional meditations and prayers were at that uh, frequency. And so it's sort of something people discovered intuitively. Now we can actually measure. So you can use, a, you know, the... Elite HRV app and a heart rate monitor. And what they'll do, you'll do a test. And so you'll spend two minutes breathing 
in five out five. Then you'll stop. You'll spend two minutes in six out six. You'll stop. You'll spend two minutes in seven out seven. And you'll see which one works better. And then for some people, there's even like, you know, in four out six. So maybe exhaling slightly longer works even better. Are you talking about seconds? In five seconds, out five seconds. Out five seconds. Yeah, and so exactly. then when you become skilled through, uh, you know, regular practice, you kind of know what it's like to do your six and six pattern when you're sitting there relaxing. And so you just, you just kick into it and you're probably doing a pretty good job going in six, out six, even without being strapped up to your uh, device. Totally. And even the device, I think like once you find your uh, specific resonant pattern, um, just like practicing it 10, 15 times, then you know what it feels like. Cause there's like this kind of feeling in your body and your heart of like, I don't know, I want, you know, let's call it like gratitude, happiness. Like you, you just feel better. And so you can kind of, you can kind of intuitively feel it after you've done it many times. So, so it's, I wouldn't worry too much about having to have the tech and be like locked <laughs> up all the time. It's, it's another one of these things that over time it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, so if you're somewhat close in rhythm to your inhale and your exhale, uh, are you kind of staying aligned with the the levels that you might achieve through regular foundational breathing? In other words, are you altering your carbon dioxide to oxygen ratio when you're doing this, or is it just uh, kind of extending out uh, or, or you know minimizing your breaths per minute? I guess. Yeah, I think in this one, it's specifically trying to breathe at that heart rate, the one that matches. And, and they found in studies that breathing slowly actually didn't have the same effect as like breathing at your particular resonant frequency, which was really interesting because I thought, well, you know, if it's five in, five out, why not three in, three out? And yeah. the less breath, the better. But More is better. Actually, yeah, exactly. But breathing less is better. Rate. Sorry. Yeah. And, and this isn't, you don't need to breathe this way all the time. Like you can do mm. one, two sessions a day at this pace. And it's very similar to exercise. So think of it like, you know, I did my exercise for today. I'm kind of good. And so this is just something you can use if you're like, I want to feel more feelings of gratitude. I want to feel better resilience to stress. Uh, I want to improve my heart rate variability. If those things are like important, this is a, a good style to kind of practice for a while. Uh, amazing book on this one is uh, Heart, Breath, Mind by Leah Lagos. Mm. Right on. So we're, we're, we're cruising through the show. We haven't even talked about, I'm, I'm staring at the ice tub on your screen and we got we to go there. But right now we have the foundational breathing that we engage in uh, throughout the day for the rest of our lives, right? From listening to the show, we're going to turn the corner. And then we have the hyperventilatory practice to uh, boost energy uh, at the snap of the fingers. And then we have the uh, variously described uh, resonant breathing, perfect breathing uh, to try to sync and, and improve that heart rate variability. And then you were going to mention one more, I believe. Yeah, the final one is just, you know, which which coherent is sort of part of it, but it's it's your ability to get into the parasympathetic system mm -hmm. to turn it on. So you could use this before eating. Like when you eat, you're sending blood flow to the organs, you're telling your body you're safe, you can use it before sleep, uh, you can use it to increase concentration, blood flow to the brain. And so some of the, you know, a popular technique is the Navy SEALs box breath, you may have heard. Is so it just any type of breathing where you're extending the exhale longer than the inhale? So slow breathing through the nose. Let's say inhale four seconds, exhale six seconds. And so that slow extended exhale is bringing the oxygen from, you know, that, that breath out. You're, you're turning on the parasympathetic system on the exhale. And so just... You know, what we'd love to do before bed for people is just walk them through like 
five, seven minutes of box breathing into a meditation and sleep or, you know, five minutes of four, seven, eight breathing popularized by Andrew Whale. And just the idea is that you're breathing, you're exhaling more longer than you're inhaling. And so the key to calm when you need it is breath holds long, slow exhale. That's kind of how you turn your, you know, off the fight or flight. And so pre-meal, you're just having a bad day and you're stressed. You, some emotional thing has happened or uh, prior to bed, that style of breathing is fantastic. Uh, so you have the component of holding it, like the familiar Dr. Wiles has been promoting the four, seven, eight for a long time. That's a count of four or seconds if you have a stopwatch, but you're, you're inhaling to a count of four, holding for a count of seven and exhaling to a count of eight. And what is that doing from the, uh, the gas exchange perspective? Yeah, same thing. So you're you're now, you know, in that method, you're slowing the inhale, right? You're slowing your breathing, you're holding, which is increasing the amount of carbon dioxide, and then you're slowly exhaling. So it's really just anytime you're adding a hold into the scenario, your body's always giving off carbon dioxide as each cell creates energy by utilizing oxygen. So that's happening every second. So when you're holding, the CO2 is building. Uh, so any, you know, style of increasing the exhale versus the inhale is going to be relaxing, move you into the parasympathetic state and the holds are just going to help with that. Wow. That's a lot. I hope, uh, everybody followed. It's a little, it's a little technical, but, um, you've done a great job explaining it. I appreciate it. And even if you're, uh, not step-by-step -step with every chemistry insight, you can at least engage in the practices because we gave you some practical tips too. Uh, so where does cold exposure enter into the picture here and including the uh, the pairing of breathing with cold exposure? And we'll, we'll start out by saying, don't pair these together literally because uh, you'll drown. But uh, I know that people do breathing exercises and then step into the cold, I guess, in, in preparation or to prepare optimally. Yeah, some people do. That's been popular, but I, I don't actually think they're required. So I think one interesting thing you know, for us, what we're we're trying to build is a space that replaces bars and an alcohol built around saunas, ice baths, tea room, kind of a new way for people interested in, you know, health, wellness, psychedelic medicines, meditation, biohacking, entrepreneurship, like where do those people hang out? That's not having five beers or a bottle of wine. And we found the ice bath and the sauna really increase your ability to be vulnerable. You come out of the ice bath, you feel alive. And what's happening, your brain is producing this, this neurotransmitter called norepinephrine. And so all you have to remember about that, it's, it's like, hey, this could be dangerous, be aware. And my brain produces this and it's responsible for mood, attention, vigilance. So I'm like, I'm on, I feel alive, I feel amazing. And when I come out, it's kind of that similar feeling to, to alcohol where I'm not worried about what people think of me. I feel great, I want to connect with them. We just <laughs> did this like thing that was scary and we feel alert. We want to connect. And so, you know, then you go into the sauna and there's no phones. Then you just start chatting. You feel like super nice. And so we found these things as a social experience or just like very, very powerful. Now, how breathwork connects, I think in the Wim Hof method, they use it to like, you know, that style to kind of boost your energy uh, to kind of pump you up before you go in. But we've actually found that inside the ice, what you want to do is slow the exhale, as I mentioned right? So like really your body is going to want to hyperventilate naturally and breathe through the chest because it's a stressor. And so you're teaching yourself, hey, I'm in this stressful situation. 
I'm going to slow my exhale and I'm going to breathe. And as a result of that, you learn when there's stress, if I slow my breathing, I can relax. And so it's just like training. It's emotional training every single day. And then you feel great after. What's amazing to me, I, I'm a, a longtime cold exposure practitioner, but I never really paired any deliberate breathing exercise with it. I, I still haven't really. I, I like to just jump in there and have that um, that aspect of uh, overcoming my psychology to, to uh, delay, procrastinate, and just be a tough guy and build that resilience and that focus that I'm just jumping in the tub. I don't need to do chest pounding uh, breathing sequence first. But when I'm in there, uh, I just focus on taking 20 breath cycles. And when I'm focused on my breathing, uh, I'm able to withstand the cold uh, quite nicely. Uh, but then on several occasions where I've tested this, where someone shows up in my backyard, right when I'm in there, that that five minute period, and they start talking to me, or a couple times I've taken my phone out there to listen to a podcast while I'm sitting in the tub, and I get cold almost instantaneously, the water's very cold. And boy, the just the intentional breathing, whether or not you're doing any specific pattern or not, and I'm just taking uh, deep inhales, uh, long exhales, just a nice, you know, strong pattern of breathing uh, is really the key to withstanding this extreme immediate stressor of cold water. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And you know, depending, it's really interesting how you mentioned like, yeah, I, I totally agree. We don't really prepare too much in advance. It's all about what's happening once you've hit that stressor, right? And you can do different things. You can, you can submerge and increase the intensity. And so the more of your body that's covered, the greater the norepinephrine response. And so your vagus nerve connects your brain to your organs and it's exposed at the neck. So when your neck is covered, and when just below your eyelids is covered, it really increases the intensity. So if you want, you can take a more of a chill day or you can, you can dunk. Uh, another thing you can do in there is breathe really quickly, as we had mentioned, and you can increase the intensity. So, you know, we kind of, again, it's, we don't recommend any like Wim Hof style breathing or breath holds or going under anything like that. It's dangerous as you, as you said, but you can control kind of what, uh, you know, what experience you want to have in the ice and you can make them different. And so I'm going to send you after this, I actually have a bunch of guided ice bath meditations that are just free on SoundCloud and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll send them to you uh, to test. Oh, sure. We'll put those in the notes too. And, um, Oh, I had I had a couple more questions before we go, but I, I want to know uh, what you do at these retreats where we have the the video clips. But take us through one of your one of your uh, fabulous inward retreats. Yeah, so we were looking for a way to do a couple things. One is like we have uh, employees at the physical space, and you know the next physical space we're building now that's going to launch in October. It's a forty person sauna, and you know is, is a, with a crazy sound system in it for classes, and you'll have breathwork in the sauna, and then four ice baths with coaches, and the whole thing is meant to be a giant social, like super fun hang session. And then there's an indoor fire pit for chatting. So the idea is like instead of you know, as we said, going to bars, there's like this cool option that makes you feel good and inspired. Um, so that's, a, that's like our mission is to build like a bunch of these. And then they combine with the breathwork app we've built that has tons of exercises for guiding all the things we talk to. But for, for our breathwork style, we, we try to make it really fun. And so instead of having traditional like meditation and spirituality associated with it, we have like Burning Man, electronic music, like really cool vibes. I'm um, just to make like mindfulness fun for people who've, who've struggled. So that was the goal. Mm -hmm. And now we're, you know, as we're building, we wanted to 
train the staff and like also have them like really embody like, okay, we want to help people. We want to get them into their bodies. We want to help them with being overstimulated. We want to get them to feel like connected to their emotions. Like that's what's really important is like getting people to, to feel something. And so we designed these retreats where we'll go out and, and train them. And then it became, okay, it's not just going to be the employees. It'll be like, you know, the customers want to come once every three months and meet other customers and go deep. And so we're looking at how to design the ultimate like three-day experience. But the idea is you provide people with a place to be vulnerable and heard. So you make them feel very safe and they feel like, okay, I can share my, my fears. And you're getting people to share struggles, but then also to share things they're like grateful for. So there's a few pillars that we've, we've designed. So like vulnerability, gratitude, uh, the other is accountability. So it's like, you know, mm. you want to feel like someone's watching you, like they care about you. So if you set your goals, like that's kind of what we do together. It's like how, when we come out of here, what are we going to, you know, achieve? Or what is the point of this thing? And so all the exercises are around like kind of breaking down boundaries to help people be vulnerable, uh, share gratitude about their life and be accountable. And so in a treat, retreat might include like, insane using a chainsaw cutting open uh like a over a lake a piece of ice and then at night like one by one going into the ice on your own like finding your courage walking up there listening hearing the ice moving and cracking and like feeling that connection to to nature it might be a group like eight person breathwork session where we do a journaling session before we share like again what we're struggling with what we want to bring in and then the, the breath works combined with like a guided visualization and then a live sound bath. It might be uh, a sauna, like one we had called Desert Storm, where it was three back-to-back saunas getting hotter and hotter. The final sauna is in the complete darkness with the drum where people share like, okay, what are you afraid of? Imagine sweating it out of your body. And then we'll be like doing some singing together. So it's using these elements, the breath, the cold, the hot, and like group sharing and those, uh, you know, those, those pillars I mentioned before uh, to make people feel like connected, like they're in, inspired to be healthy. Wow. Well, this guy is, he, he's the ultimate promoter, people. I'm so excited. You have so much enthusiasm to share this. And the, uh, the, the, the indoor setting as an alternative to the bar scene, I think is, is a huge winner here because especially for the, the singles crowd, you're so unlikely to meet a dork in, in an inward facility because who's going to be interested in this stuff, but open-minded, free-thinking people who are okay being uh, vulnerable and, and sharing and connecting. Oh my gosh, it has so much potential. I, I feel like it's, um, it would be an amazing step forward for society uh, to get past the ridiculousness of where we're you know, obligated to, to meet people or describe as a social experience, this loud, noisy thing where people are taking in uh, you know, mind-altering substances and a lot of no good is happening. Hundred percent, and it comes from you know just my struggles with those things mm-hmm. and the things that have helped me. And so it's now, how do we? You know, when I when I looked at the stuff, it was kind of weird, and people are like, I don't know, and you know, they're and so it's like, how do you take all these practices and make them cool and fun and approachable for the mainstream? And the question you got to ask, you know, your listener, it's okay. I care about sleep. I care about exercise. What do I do for? my mental state. What do I do mm. to feel good? You know, and a lot mm. of people don't, don't even know how they feel. And so what we're trying to do is like get people into their body, help them like feel, feel good. So yeah, I appreciate being able to tell my story. Well, your story is interesting at another level. I want to ask you, I mean, you, you relate this kind of uh, rise and fall that was 
pretty dramatic going from um, a $25 million startup with 100 employees. Now you're in your parents' basement and then you're on to this, you know, amazing journey uh, getting in at the, um, you know, at the high performing level of these emerging uh, business models like cryptocurrency. And I'm curious, like, do you think like this is a, a, a personality attribute that you're prone to whatever it is, extreme uh, risk taking or, uh, you know, per goal pursuits. And that uh, also puts you at risk of spinning out more so than uh, the person who had a bad day, uh, uh, you know, typing away at the computer, but they're not going to get into the throes of addiction or, uh, you know, losing a fortune and, and things like that, that we hear pretty commonly from, you know, the extreme performers that also rise to great heights and do great things for the world. So there's absolutely no question that I'm an extreme person and like that was, you know, drug use, extreme sports, like stimulation uh, drives me and the way my brain works, it processes dopamine really quickly. And so as a result, I love all of this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a risk taker. Um, the interesting thing, though, about these practices is I would say they're not specifically risky. So the idea of using, you know, sauna and ice baths for one it's one of the best longevity practices outside of intermittent fasting, if not the second best in terms of what it does for your body. So there's the health aspect, right? And then two, there's not really any way from breathing hot and cold to injure yourself. And so these practices are going to make you feel good. There's all the scientific benefits you mentioned before, and they're going to help you just feel better. And so, you know, it doesn't mean you have to take risk. Like if I would posit that for the average person who maybe isn't going to go out and do drugs, if you don't have a practice at home, you might still be struggling just to deal with like modern stress. And modern stress is like the cell phone, the always on, you know, the, the living in a city, the not eating a healthy diet. Like a lot of that stuff didn't exist 20, 30 years ago. And so we need new practices to deal with like modern stress. <laughs> just layering them on top. And then at some point, we're going to be really good at filtering our use of uh, mobile technology and putting more time in hot and cold environments. I love it. It's a beautiful path. Robbie Bent, bring in the, bring in the heat, bring in the cold, bring in the hot air. Fantastic. I, I love your uh, command of all the, uh, all the topics. I think we learned so much here. And tell us how we can further connect with what you're doing at Inward. Yes, yeah, so if you're in Toronto, unfortunately, that's the only space where we're live yet. But, uh, you know, you can find us at go underscore inward. And that's the physical space um, closed because of COVID, but will be open soon, hopefully. And then if you're interested in breathwork, this is available to anybody. Uh, www.inwardbreathwork.com. We have some amazing free trials. We also have a policy where if you can't afford it, we'll give you a, a free membership, same, similar to Sam Harris. So would invite you to come and like, if anything resonated in terms of improving sleep, improving energy, dealing with challenging emotions, improving your foundational breathing. I think we have the largest library of breathwork content in the world right now. So would love for you to test it out and give me some feedback. Robbie Bent, taking it inward, people. Thank you for listening. That's a wrap. Da -da 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 -da. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. 
Subscribe to our email list at bradkearns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free ebooks when you subscribe to the email list. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, be rad.